What's up, everyone? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies podcast with PGA Tour caddy Brett Swedberg, who caddies for Ryan Moore. We have a fun conversation with Brett, laid back kind of dude. We did something we've never done in this episode. We didn't map out questions. We just sat back, shot the shit with Brett, and had a great time. We had a lot of laughs in this, and we talk about how he stole his wife at a wedding, how he landed his caddy gig, a bunch of stuff about Ryan Moore, his favorite tracks, the way he plays, all that kind of stuff. Using a dead fish as a ball marker, nearly shitting himself on the course, and uh, yeah, and all kind of other fun stuff. It's a great time. We really enjoyed having Brett on. Hey, listen, if you enjoyed this episode or any other, give us an, an iTunes review. It would help us out a lot. We don't ask for it often. But go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, write a little something about us. It helps the show uh, pick up extra traction, extra listeners, which keeps us going and keeps us doing our thing. We would really appreciate it. It takes about five minutes, and if you've done it in the past but not in the last like 90 days, guess what? You can do it again, and it still counts. It would be a big help. So go to iTunes, leave us a review. We'd appreciate it. But for now, let's enjoy this fantastic interview with Brett Swedberg. We're the two or two or two or two or junkies. We're the two or two or two or two or junkies. PGA Tour fanatics, golf addicts, podcast juice, you gotta have a special guest, DFS, DB, and them long shots. From Augusta to Sawgrass, we got your picks, we got your stats. Catch a bus, catch a last, sip some rose with Pat. Two or two or two or two. What's up, golf addicts? David Barnett here of the Tour Junkies. Pat Perry is alive and well, despite a pretty rough showing on our last podcast. Didn't know if he was going to survive that one or wake up the next day. Pat, how you doing, bud? I'm doing fantastic. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember. I, I exactly. It was a, a great podcast. Exactly. Um, we have a very special guest on the line, one that we've been trying to get for a few a few few months now, I guess. I mean, we, you know, it's not that he was dodging us, but it was just, you know, these guys are so these guys are so busy and they're just in demand. And uh, he is also the most handsome caddy on the PGA Tour, which I'm sure demands a lot, both when he's at home and uh, you know, and all the modeling uh, things that he has to do in there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have the caddy for Mr. Ryan Moore. His name is Brett Swedberg. Brett's welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast, buddy. Thank you, thank you. Yes, we have had a bit of a cat and mouse game going on. Uh, it's, it's just good to be here. I'm, I'm glad it worked out. Um, I, I don't have much for any side gigs as far as modeling goes. I'm trying to get some more, but there's a lot better looking caddies out there than me. You've got Brandon Wayne, one Gino who Pally, <laughs> uh, Adam Scott's caddy, John Lamonti. I think that's never heard of her. Oh come on! Man. We, we, were paired, we were paired. We were paired together. I think uh, fourth round at the Shriners this year in Vegas. And I think I'm an average-looking guy. Ryan's a good-looking dude. Got great head of hair. Good beard. And John and Adam step onto the first tee, and nothing. I, I mean, it's yeah, they're they're great. They've got everyone staring at them the whole day. So we're. Were y'all just walking like y'all were just walking down the fairway, and any ladies that were on the ropes could like like the pheromones coming off of you and him were just knocking them out. Were they just passing out on the, on the ropes like they've been hit with they a golf didn't ball? Even the problem was they didn't even notice me. I mean, I'm I'm a married guy, but you know, I I want it, it feels good when people appreciate you no matter what. If you're if you're good looking, if you're good at something, but they look past me all the time. It's very unfortunate. But I don't he's understand. more he's, he's a little stronger. He's got a you know his skin's a little bit better and. I don't, I'm probably around the same height, but he just, yeah, overall, and he wears a hat, kind of a flat bill hat, a little bit better. 
See, I've been trying to tell Pat the flat bill is the way to go. He he won't he won't do it. He won't. Do no, it. that's a doesn't work for me and my my age it's group. Popped. You got to have the right. Well, you have to have the right head shape. I've tried it. I've kind of got a half flat bill. This kind of uh, camo PXG hat that I wear all the time. Everyone kind of makes fun of me for wearing it all the time, but I, I feel like it fits me. I look a little bit younger, but I don't. I'm 38, but it kind of makes me look closer to 30. But I'm you know not like in the 20s. So I'm rocking it most events um i think we need to see a picture of pat in it oh that would be fantastic we'll, we'll, I'll, uh, I'll do it i'm just saying i mean i don't have you just said proper head shape i don't have proper head shape for flat bill hats yeah. just don't you guys don't you guys place bets and do different things i think i listened to one of your guys this earliest week there's different bets that you have to play so something about a, a flat bill hat needs to be weared for like a week or something you know what, Brett? That's actually a great idea. We were just telling our listeners we're going to start doing little one-on-one bets between me and Pat when we disagree, and we need people okay. to give us ideas for the loser, and and they need to be things that are like feasible. I mean, you wouldn't believe the shit these kids say we got to do if we like like jump in front of a car or something, but they need to be things that we could do. And 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 one time I lost a bet to Pat, and I had to wear pleated pants for a whole day. Yeah. I wore them to work, and it was terrible because Pat wore wore pleated pants for a long time until he met me. So a flat bill would work out. That's the Adam Scott look. He, I think he's wearing pleated pants. Either. Why is he? Uh, you know what? I saw that last year, but I haven't seen him wear it since. Have you seen him wear it like in 2020? I think he wore. I think he wore them in the fall. But he he can do whatever he wants to do. Good looking dude. He got millions of dollars. True. Yeah. Looking white. Like he's setting a trend. He's bringing it back. It might come back this year. Who knows? God. Great news. What great. What good news that we're getting from from <laughs> from Brett. <laughs> right now all right all right we we, we got to say this up front you're getting you're getting um some trend setting from a guy that wore i have so i have these link still pants that i had hemmed up a little bit and they hemmed them a little bit too short so i had to roll them up as capris the other day <laughs> yikes so. what a look that doesn't sound that's not good for link soul on here we're gonna have to bleep that name out i don't want you to lose your deal um tough look no their fault. It's the people that hemmed them. I didn't. I didn't. Know that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I've before we weird, get, to... I'm, like, I'm like a 33, 33. They just don't make sizes like that. Yeah, you, that's you're a... one inch too long. You need a 33, 32. Yeah, yeah. You need to the one inch drop too long. Inch. Yeah, that's what, uh, yeah. That's my problem. I have the same problem. That's how I knew. I one inch too longs recognize one inch too longs. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I. I, I feel like, man. <laughs> Um, all right, so if you, if you haven't already noticed, here's one thing I was going to tell you, Brett, before the show started, but yeah. I'm going to tell you now. So me and Pat have interviewed a bunch of caddies, a bunch of pros, and yeah. I, Pat, I want to say for every single one of them, we have done a lot of like work ahead of time, like listing out questions, all right? Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, Pat, but this is the first one in five years that we've not done that. Well, it, it it depends on the circumstance. So in this situation, yes, you are correct. Now, when we did the which was I thought one of the the greatest, and I, and 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 look, Brett, you don't have to live up to this. And this is actually how your name came up. But one of yes. the greatest podcasts that we did, which was at the RSM Classic, with uh, Gina Benelli and Aaron Fleener and John Tillery, coach of several <laughs> players on tour. They all came to the hotel where we were and we did a podcast and everything was just, there, there was no, it was unscripted and everything was fantastic. So that one, yeah, was the first time that was just totally unscripted. We had nothing to even go off of, but yeah, for, as far as 
how we sit right now, yes, this is the first time ever. But we did that on purpose. Just, yeah, we did it on purpose. Those yeah. three guys are they're all pretty funny guys. They've got a lot of good stories. So you just kind of go wherever it goes. Yeah, and you know, we have uh, honestly, Brett. Uh, I mean, this may be awkward for the listeners to hear, but honestly, as soon as we, you know, struck up a relationship with you via Instagram, we felt an immediate connection, and um, you oh. know, it just it just feels right. You know what I mean? And so it felt like one of those shows that we just go, you know what, we're going to be vulnerable and uh, we're not going to be super scripted. We're not going to pull a list of questions and try to knock them out. We're just going to have a great conversation with our friend Brett, who we barely know, but we feel like we're brothers from another mother, except he's like four forty-eight, eleven 11 times better looking than us. So um, well, I appreciate that's really what we're doing. That. It's good. I, I think that's the way to do it. You really get to know somebody that way when it's not scripted. Um, we're going to probably say some weird things and we can, you <laughs> know, get weird. Just, we'll just see what happens. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen, but the, it's definitely reciprocated. The love is definitely reciprocated. Thank you, man. And I appreciate you listening to our show. That's amazing. You, your name did come up in that podcast that Pat mentioned. Um, Gino told a story about you. Um, oh, that was, that was pretty funny. And he just, when the, when the show was over, I think he was like, listen, you guys have to have Swedberg on the show at some point. And, uh, so that's how, that's how it all started. So really excited to, uh, to finally make this happen. And, uh, you know, uh, I think it'll be a good time. Thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Gino, Gino's really funny. Gino's got some great stories. I mean, I've only known Gino for like eight months and I feel like I'm best friends with him. He actually sent me a text the other day telling me how much he missed me. And, um, I, I love him. He's, he's a great caddy. He's an, average looking guy but i i love him dearly he he is he is definitely an average looking guy um that's that's good uh all right well brett why don't you start off by just you know i, I you're married you got you got a few kids running around that you know of yeah um you're you're looping for for ryan moore um you're living yeah. in vegas which is now the second in a row interview we've done with somebody living in vegas which just blows my mind you uh you're a pretty good golfer yourself, man. Born you know Minnesota guy, which actually believe it or not, a lot of Minnesota people that do what we do and are like in our space and like the daily fantasy golf betting culture is very okay. it's full of it's full of like you know we're just two rednecks from Georgia and then there's all these Minnesotans in there. Um, so you're a pretty good golfer in your own right. It looks like you coach some college golf at uh, Arizona Christian and Grand Canyon University. Is that right? I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's Minnesota is kind of like. It's like redneck of the north. That's kind of how it is. You know, okay, you get good. compared to Canadians. Uh, like, I guess Canadians are really nice. Most Minnesotans are nice. The Minnesota nice thing. But got a lot of people that hunt and fish and do that. So there, I think we can relate, you know, on, on a lot of levels. Yeah, I don't hunt or fish. Pat fishes, but I don't. Uh. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't. But Tell us about, uh, you know, tell us about yourself, man. Tell us about, like, how you – yeah, you, know, you were a really good player. You then you started coaching. It seems like, um, and mm -hmm. you uh, and then you just recently. I mean, I don't know that we've talked to a caddy who's this new to the you know the game in terms of on the PGA Tour. Like you said, you've only been with Ryan for like eight months. Just give yeah. us a little, yeah. a little, a little peek into how that whole transition went down, okay. and, uh, and you got into that. Okay, okay, I'll give you a little background. So I, yeah, I I grew up playing a lot of sports and. Uh, my dad graduated high school with Tom Lehman. So that's kind of why I got into golf. And, you know, it was kind of like, oh, I'm going to be the next Tom Lehman. And that was kind of in his prime, like, you know, mid to late 90s. I think he got to number one in the world for a, for a second. And 
Um, so I love golf. I was pretty good at it, but big fish in a small pond. And I went to college with John Fillery and that's kind of how you heard what? my name from him. Yeah. Yeah. I went to, I went for a year. Oh, yeah. To he told State. us that. Um, I was, I had no idea what I was doing. I was so young. I was 18 years old. I mean, small town kid from Minnesota going down to Georgia was just, it, it was different. <laughs> it was a little that, ultra shock. That had to be pretty eye opening for you. <laughs> So I call Coke, I call it Pop, and they're like, "Hey, grab!" Oh. I'm like, "Grab me a Pop." Yeah, what are you talking about, sweat daddy? You know, it's a Coke. I'm like, "Well, <laughs> grab me a Coke then." It's like, "What do you want, a Coke or a Sprite?" So I was, conf- I'm still confused by that whole thing. Um, <laughs> you sounded but, just uh, like John Tillery there when you did that too, by the way. I tried to sound like him, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but he made he made fun of me all the time, which was great. We had a really good friendship. Um, you know, I had a couple other roommates down there that. I've stayed in touch with a little bit. So, no, from there, I went to University of Toledo, Ohio. Um, I barely played there for like a year and a half. Some coaching changes. Uh, and I ended up back in Minnesota at St. Cloud State, which they're actually cutting their ball- golf program, unfortunately. So, um, oh, but no, I played. I, I, I figured out, you know, I got back. I went to a Division II college where I could actually play. Uh, won a bunch of times. I think I was an All-American. Actually, I don't think I know that I was. You were. Um, yep, I found that out. A little bit. Um, but, yes, and then I, I, I played professionally. I did all the mini-tour stuff, kind of like, you know, a lot of guys do. Um, had just had a cup of coffee on the Corn Ferry Tour when it was still a nationwide tour. Uh, I think I played seven <laughs> events, made a couple cuts. I was married at the time and a kid on the way, and just – couldn't handle it it was it's tough um just I I don't know if I was good enough mentally wasn't tough enough and kind of fell into coaching because I had no idea what I was gonna do was married not making any money actually losing money and my wife was great super my wife super supportive um and but but I'm like I gotta do something different I I had no idea what to do I graduated college with a general studies degree so it's not like I'm going to go make, you know, uh, uh, half a million dollars a year. <laughs> like, what do you do with the general studies? <laughs> Here's the cool thing, though. I can tell people I, I went for sports management, so I usually tell people sports management, but it was just general studies. So. <laughs> uh, but the cool think about how broad, think about the broad career. You know, I can do so many different things with Extremely that. Extremely broad. You can, yeah. <laughs> you could be a trash person. Oh. You could um literally i could caddy i could was um, yeah think about how good looking you have to be to be losing money caddying with a general studies degree and still get married i don't know what i honestly i definitely pulled the wool over her eyes here's how so i met her do you have time for a a quick story how i met her of course Uh, of course so i uh i was in arizona at the time one of my best friends um, married her best friend from nursing school. I didn't know her. Um, I was a groomsman. She was a bridesmaid, and Oof. we walked the aisle together. And Oof. yeah, she. The problem is she had a boyfriend at the time, which um, her friends kind of told me like, "Hey, I don't think they should be together. You know, you'd maybe be a better option." Which I don't know how it was a better option. I was making no money at the time playing mini tour <laughs> golf. So, but. Um, so the whole time I was trying to be funny and like try to make her laugh. And I'm telling everybody after a couple of beers, I'm telling everybody, I'm going to marry this girl. I'm going to marry this girl. And they're just like, all right, you're crazy. And so it comes down to like the time that they throw the, uh, the flowers, bouquet of flowers. And, and she's like the only single girl there or the non-married girl there. And she catches the flowers in a baseball glove that her friends gave her. 
And so her boyfriend that's there, he grabs the baseball glove and he goes on the dance floor. And now it's just me and him on the dance floor. And everyone's oh like, because my, my buddy is now, he has to throw the garter. And he looks at me, he's like, you have to catch this. I was like, no, I cannot ruin this guy's day or his life. And he throws it. He, he, he throws it. I jump in front of him. I catch it. And I put it on my head and I ran around the dance floor for a couple minutes. <laughs> Jeez, man. <laughs> so, yes, and apparently she was impressed. I have no idea how or why, but it's an interesting um, mating ritual. Friend, seriously, yes. I told my friend, I said, hey, when they break up, call me. And they broke up three weeks ago. And um, he called me, and I stalked her on <laughs> Facebook for a little while. And we talked on the phone, text, sent some messages, and we started dating a few months later. It's pretty impressive, Swedberg. Um, Thank you. Is she, Thank you. Is she a southern girl? Where, where's she from? Um, Southwest. She's from Sierra Vista, so it's uh, kind of by Tucson. She grew up. She grew up there. Went to high school up in Phoenix. Um, but here, the the problem, not the problem, but I had won a tournament like in that summer of us kind of like dating or figuring stuff out. I I won a tournament. I made ten thousand dollars, and she's thinking, "Oh my gosh, he he plays golf for two days. Made ten thousand dollars. That's a pretty good paycheck." So. I yeah that was yeah you duped right her there. Mm. so but she's stuck she's very loyal she's very kind she's way better than me um and she's 10 years now 10 years in may congratulations man that's awesome that's that's a good story yeah. that's a good story that is a good story i like that thank you i appreciate that yeah feel a good story so, so how did you go from how did you go from coaching college golf to caddying oh okay so coached four years at Arizona Christian University. I taught some golf on the side at Moon Valley Country Club and then Dove Valley Ranch. And I wanted I wanted to coach full time. That was kind of like I thought that was gonna be it. I really liked it. I love coaching. Uh, you kind of mentor the guys, still be around golf. Um, got hired at Grand Canyon University, which was recently uh, it had been uh, division one, they were division two for a long time. And and so I did that. I was an assistant coach there for three years. Loved it. Um, but I kind of, I knew I wanted to be a head coach somewhere and just kind of like, I didn't know if it was ever going to happen. I was like, I got to start providing for my wife. She's been doing everything. And I, I don't know how, I mean, call it divine intervention, call, call it whatever you want. But a friend of mine, Derek Boland called me kind of out of the blue last spring in April. And he's like, Hey, would you ever be considered, would you ever consider caddying? I'm like, oh, maybe, I mean, depends on who it's for. He's like, well, he's like, you know, Ryan Moore is thinking about maybe doing something different. And, and whatever else, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd consider it. You know, it'd be nice to meet him and talk to him and whatever else. So we, we actually played golf together. Um, I think it was his brother's 40th birthday. We played golf together and just talked about life, talked about golf, kind of some his, his goals and my goals. And, and he uh, I actually flew out to Vegas. I hung out with his swing coach um, who lives in Dallas, Troy Denton. He, he teaches out at Marydale. And we hung out for like four or five days and just, kind of figured out if it might work and he's like hey um i'm playing the memorial why don't you come loop for me so i went out i'd never caddy on the pga too i caddy at whisper rock for a couple winners in scottsdale and and done that but i mean it's obviously totally different caddying on the pga tour so i flew out to um ohio and and caddy for him and the funny thing is he was he shot seven under in the first round and was leading the tournament <laughs> well how, that's it that's incredible you went straight from you never caddied on the PJ tour or any tour, just at, at a club. 
Yeah. And you went yeah. straight to yeah. the Memorial first round. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, oh, that man. is, that's intimidating. It is. Oh yeah. I mean, I, be, I told him, I'm like, I just, I don't want to fall in a bunker. I don't want to fall in a lake and I certainly don't want to crap my <laughs> pants. So it was, and I didn't do any of those. So it was a huge win. It didn't matter Big win. You know, how we played. I, I did not fall in a bunker or fall in a lake or poop my pants. So, um, no, it was awesome. He's a great dude. I, I mean, it was, and that was kind of like the trial I caddied for him for a couple of weeks, just to kind of figure out if it was going to work. And, um, we hit it off and, and things were good. And, so he offered me, you know, a full-time position and kind of a unique deal where uh, we practice together and hang out and, um, yeah, just kind of hold him accountable to some stuff. And, yeah, it's been awesome. We moved out to Vegas in July from Arizona. And, yeah, it's been, it's been really cool. That, that's, uh, that's a pretty rare deal, isn't it? Like yeah. from other caddies on tour? Yeah, <sighs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, he's been out for – I mean, he's played – 15 or 16 years is probably his yeah. 16th year and um he's similar like we're basically the similar places in our lives he's got three kids and i think he was just looking to do something different and um and i had some background in golf i didn't obviously play at a super high level but played um moderately okay as a professional and then coached yeah. for seven years so i kind of things at least i understood golf and and playing competitively and and i think he was looking to shake things up and no, it's, yeah, it's definitely rare. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a few other guys that do some similar things, but yeah, it's been it's been really cool. That's insane, Brett. I, yeah, I have really a question. <laughs> you know, as far as like golf is concerned with him, you know, it always seems like Ryan just sort of pops for me on certain courses, and yeah, um, you know, we get into the debate a lot uh, between other tout, golf touts or whatever you know, pickers, as you may say that you know, with course history and things like that. Um, but it just seems like there's certain courses that he fits better on. I mean, what's your opinion yep. on that as far as like, you know, history and, and how it suits somebody's eye and, and things like that. And, you know, as opposed to, you know, just recent form and just different stats that somebody might look at, like what, yeah. what's your kind of opinion of that? Yeah. Well, yeah, every, I mean, every player is kind of unique. Obviously you've got bombers who have a, significant advantage on 95% of the courses but so he's you know average to shorter hitter but he hits it super straight so you got to find a golf course where you kind of got to work it around and, and hit some different golf shots so there's definitely courses that he plays better on and and with history like even maybe necessarily a course that um you know statistically doesn't suit him if he's had history there you have good feelings you have more confidence going into it and yeah, so, I mean, there's definitely courses. I mean, he's always played good at San Antonio. He's played well, you know, in his backyard at the Shriners. He's won that. He finished top 15 last year. Um, and then, actually, this next run that we're going to go on, he's going to play Bay Hill. He's going to play Sawgrass and then Ennisbrook. He's, he's had some good finishes out there. He hits it straight, and his approach, you know, to the green is really solid and doesn't make a ton of bogeys. So, he just doesn't make a ton of mistakes. So, yeah, no, there's definitely it's, there's some feelings and there's mojo and and confidence and stuff, but there's you know certain courses that he's going to thrive on that are going to suit him better as far as you know hitting it straight with a rough with a rough up and maybe something that's not super long. You mentioned the Shriners. Talk we talk about this a good bit. Actually, this is pretty apropos for this week because we're at PJ National. We know how many players yep. live down there, and you got the jupe life. Um, talk about yeah. like home course advantage i'm using quote quotation marks here like 
because yeah. w- with the with the people we know on tour and caddies and things like that, it seems like there's you know there's usually you're on one side of the fence or the other. The, the home course is a is a good thing because you're, you're you like the comfort, you like the fact that you're in your own bed. Um, yeah, you like that you kind of avoid the regular circus maybe that is the the week to week out of town. Um, you're familiar with the course, whatever, but then you've got the other side that says, yeah, actually I think I play worse, um, when it's a home field yeah. event because I got demands and family and friends and, you know, responsibilities, whatever. H- how does that, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Ryan's always played pretty good at the Shriners. Do you think, like, what are your thoughts on that as, as also a really good golfer in your own right and, and knowing what you know, how do you think that yeah. that plays out? Yeah, I don't know. I honestly, I mean, it is kind of a 50 50 thing. I don't know if there's necessarily like a right or wrong answer. So Ryan is, he's got family. He loves being around his family. He's at home, gets to sleep in his own bed, but then the golf course plays very similar. You know, uh, TPC Summerlin plays similar, you know, leading up to the tournament where maybe some of these other golf courses play different. And I've only been out there for eight months. So I, I don't know exactly, you know, how these other, you know, some of these home courses play for these other guys. But uh, for him, he's, he's such a family guy that being around his family is great. It's a comfort thing. Um, but then some other guys feel more pressure. But he, he typically plays better under pressure. I mean, he's been such a good player for such a long time that that doesn't really phase him anymore. So I think if you've been doing it a long time, you know, maybe some guys that are, rookies are only a few years out might struggle with feeling that pressure, but he's experienced it for mm. 16 years. So it's just a little bit different for like a veteran. What are some of his, have you, have you learned like what are some of his favorite courses on tour? I mean, you just mentioned San Antonio, Shriners, Bay Hill, Sawgrass. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, those are some of his favorites. He loves Mirrorfield village. Uh, that'd be a course that, He'd love to get, I mean, it's such an amazing tournament. The golf course is phenomenal. Uh, really good field. Um, yeah. that, that's some, that, that's a place that we'd really like to play well. And I mean, I say we, but he, I mean, I'm just, I've, I've only been here for eight months, but I'm part of the team. Uh, so yes, I'd say, uh, the Memorial would be huge. Travelers is a, is a, is a good place for him. It's a good golf course. Um, and a lot of it comes down to a course that you feel like you can really play well on. You know, there's some, there's certain courses that, that are just going to be tougher. You go into a week and it's like, well, the course is 7,500 yards and it's wet. You know, it's like top 10 is a win, you know, to be honest, but there's yeah. just, there's a handful of courses that are like, Hey, this is a place we can go get, you know, you just, you're still going out and trying to shoot the best score that you can shoot. But at the end of the day, you're gonna have a better chance of being in contention. So yeah, San Antonio, um, you know, it's definitely a play. Sawgrass would be great. Bay Hills, uh, potentially has been in contention at Innisbrook and Valspar. So I don't know if there's one more than the other. Uh, well, actually, no, I take that back. Yeah. I think Memorial would be one that would be, that would be big for him. He'd really like to win that one. What, like how far does Ryan hit his driver? Uh, in Arizona or at, or I mean in Vegas or at sea level. <laughs> I guess sea level. It's sea level. Yeah. Sea level. Okay. Well, at RIV, so we just played the Genesis a couple weeks ago. We're at RIV. I I don't know. You'd have to go back and look at the stats. But their fairways are running out a little bit, so he's hitting at three-plus out there. Um, You know, on average, that are a little bit more wet. He's probably hitting 285, 290. But out here in Vegas, it's always over 300 yards. It's just – but he's he's obviously swinging really good right now, too. He's creating a little bit more speed. So, you know, I'd say – 
you got on average, he's probably just under 300 yards, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think he's deemed like a short hitter, but it's not like significantly shorter, I guess you could say. Yeah. Well, I don't think I've ever asked this question to any caddy. What's his. Go for I it. Why, I don't know why I'm even asking this. What is Let's his. Real. Pre, yeah. Well, this isn't that. This isn't that sexy. We're going to get to that in a minute. Uh, what's his. Uh, okay. What's his pre round warm up look like? Like, I'm not talking about. I don't want to hear about like him stretching and lifting weights and shit. But yeah. Just like okay on the range or practice like especially i think for people who are listening there that play golf and they go on the range yeah. like what's the difference between a range session before a round for a pro versus a schmuck like us not you me and pat yeah oh yeah no i'm i'm there right now i i'm still trying to find it on the range where you guys i'm sure are still trying to find it too ryan's not yeah. trying to find anything he's just war- he's warming up and, and he hits it so good all the time his club face control is better than 99.9% of people out there. So um, he's literally just warming up, getting loose. So we'll, depending on where the putting green's at, if he's on hole one or 10, um, we'll go, we, we need probably, if it's cold, we need probably an hour. If it's warm, we need 45 minutes. Um, we have, we'll hit wedges, you know, he'll hit a 60 degree for a, for a bit and just kind of work through the bag, through driver. So we'll probably do 30 minutes of that. Uh, five to 10 minutes of chipping. If the chipping green is in close proximity to the, to the tee starting on, and then we'll putt for five to 10 minutes. Kind of, we just start with like three to five footers, just go around in a circle. Um, just kind of feel on, you know, the speed of the greens, making sure we're starting online. And, and then he'll just putt some speed putts, 20 to 30 footers and get a feel for that. And then we'll roll to the, roll to the first tee. So it's pretty, it's pretty short and sweet. Um, he, like I said, he doesn't need to find anything. So he's just out there just, getting loose just warming up hmm. yeah pretty easy yeah hmm that's like way more simple than i thought it would be <laughs> it, well, yeah it really it is, is. he's very i mean he's uh he is simple he doesn't have to do a whole lot he's he's been doing it for so long he kind of knows you know what gets him into his comfort zone there's not a lot of changes going on. I mean, if there's anything that we need to work on and we're doing it on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, if we're like trying out a different three wood or, you know, working on a different wedge, but come Thursday, if you don't, I mean, if you, if you need more than an hour to warm up, you know, I, I don't know if you're for sure quite ready. Yeah. What, so. what do you do um, before, a, before a tournament? Like, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, what are you doing to prepare as his caddy? Oh, that's a really good question. I don't walk the course. He doesn't really want me to do that. He's seen every golf course a hundred times. I'll probably oh, just for you. give him too much. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great. So um, <laughs> the more information I give him, probably the worse information it is. So um, no, I, honestly, I'm I'm out there. We'll go. It, we'll typically get there on most of the time on a Tuesday. We'll play nine holes on a Tuesday. Uh, I'm. And this is all new to me. All these courses are. So I'm kind of. You know, I'm at least got I'm the yardage book. I'm figuring out. Um, some whole locations, but he doesn't miss it very big, very often. So it's not that tough. So he's, you know, he's telling me more stuff than I'm telling him. So, um, and then we go play, we'll probably have a nine hole pro on Wednesday. So for me, it's, it's not that difficult. I mean, I'll watch some stuff on TV, maybe like on a third, if you have a, if he has an afternoon tea time on a, on a Thursday, I'll, I'll watch some stuff on TV or look at, you know, shot length just to see some whole locations. And if guys are missing in some weird spots or, if some big numbers are happening, just, you know, based or if wind is confusing, I'll do that. But 
for the most part, he's got it all figured out. I'm, I'm there to carry the bag and make him smile. Hmm. If you, Brett, if you like, if, if you had to pick a major setup um, as far as major tournaments that that's best suited for Ryan, what what, what would you pick? Um, you know, the Masters. masters. That's what that's what I would think. Yeah, 100%. Um, he's had – he's played well there. I think – I mean, this was a long time ago. I'd, I'd have to look this up, but I probably in 2004, 5, or 6, when he was – I think he was low am out there, made the cut. I, I think he finished top 20. Um, yeah, he, he would he would thrive there, and, and that's kind of our goal. I, honestly, it's kind of funny because we talk about stuff. Obviously, I'm, I'm trying to help him, you know, you know, do some great things over the next few years, and, and he's – been gracious enough to hire me and and so i can kind of take care of my wife and um but we talk about it like that's our goal is to get get back to augusta and and it'd be fun obviously he's got to do some really good things to get there this year but i i think it's you know realistic for him to get there over the next few years it'd be awesome to experience that but he could yeah he can he can definitely compete there the the other majors he can still compete at he just he's got to play really good you know just like anybody else he's got to do some really special things you, you talked about how you guys have an interesting setup where you, you said you practice together. Are you, so I haven't heard that a lot. And also, are you, are you coaching him to some extent? No, I'm not, I'm not coaching him. I'm kind of the middleman because Troy, his coach um, in Dallas, he flies into town probably once a month for a few days, hangs out. Um, so no, it's honestly, it's like kind of a sparring partner. He just beats the crap out of me on the golf course. Um, <laughs> five and under. <laughs> you know, I mean, the guy just, it, he crushes me. Like I, it's a great job and, and I love it, but I get beat every single time we go play and it's just demoralizing because I was an okay player at one time. Um, yeah. but so <laughs> when I got, I got hired in the summer, or no, I got hired in May and I, I moved out here in July and we started kind of practicing together and we'd go, we played more at, I guess, TPC summer. Like we go play shadow Creek quite a bit now, especially, but we'll play TPC summer leading, leading up to the event. And I didn't I, probably the first 60 rounds, like I wasn't close to beating him. There was oh one. Another, so there was, I'll tell you two funny stories. So we, we were playing at shadow Creek one day and, and like, I don't, care i mean it'd be cool to beat him but i'm not gonna like tell all my buddies and put it on instagram or something but you know i'm still kind of competitive i know that there's no chance i could ever beat him in a competitive round but and you know just us two playing it could happen so we're playing at shadow creek um we're on the back nine i'm actually playing pretty good i think i'm three under for the day we get to hole 16 which is a par five both it drives down the middle um no, actually, he hit it in the fairway bunker. He laid up to like 90 yards. I rip a three-wood up there just short of the green. And he holds out for eagle. And he was – I think he was one under at the time, and I was three under. So, he ties it up. I make par, crappy par, standard, you know, amateur golfer trying to make birdie and can't chip it inside of 10 feet. And so, we get to, <laughs> we get to, seven, we get to 17, we both make par, and we go to 18, the par five. And um, we both stripe driver – um, I hit, I think six iron on the green. He hit six iron. So like 15 feet, I got 30 footer. I two putt for birdie. He makes the 15 footer. He goes Eagle <laughs> part Eagle to snipe me by one, which is pretty standard. And he played, that's like, you know, he played average and I played great. And we go TPC Summerlin a, a few weeks later and I start, I actually putt good. I've got the half flinches. I putt with 17 different putting styles. Um, 
today was the claw. The claw today. Um, <laughs> today was the claw. So, yeah, uh, it was a split grip yesterday, a claw today. So um, <laughs> we go we go to Summerlin, and we're playing, and he just kicks my butt all the time, and he kind of looks at me. I hit some squirrely shots. He kind of just looks at me like, dang, like how does that happen? I'm like, I'm a caddy, man. And like I, I'm like on a heater. I think I'm six under through 13, and he's just he's kind of just doing whatever. He's three under, still just hanging out, you know, not doing great. And he goes on and plays like the next, I don't even know, like the next five holes and like six under par. And he shoots like, I don't know, eight or nine under. And I think I shoot seven under and he snipes me again. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my, that's my day for you. I go play good golf and get all the time. (laughs) What's your, who's the best golfer out there in terms of the caddy world on the PJ tour? Who's the best one you've seen and where, where do you rank? Honestly, I don't, I don't really, I mean, other than playing here, I like when I'm on the road, I don't play. Um, I get injured. I'm getting old. I hurt my elbow and my hip. Um, (laughs) So I think, and I don't know, and I'm so new to this, so I don't really know all the guys out there, but I know Brian Branish. I mean, he played on the PGA tour. I think I'm not sure he's caddying for now. Um, And I don't know if he still plays, but he's probably got the, one of the better resumes I would think. Um, I don't know competition right now. I get the flinches with the putters. So I, depending on the golf course, I can maybe scrape out 72 or 73, which would, I, who knows? Gino is probably pretty good. I don't know. I haven't seen him play, but I think he's got a pretty good golf swing. Yeah. You guys might know him better than me. I'm not sure. Yeah, Gino's got a good golf swing. He can also sling a golf club very well. Like it like makes a good sound and everything when he throws it. When he it. throws it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Really? Have you, have you guys played with him? No, but you uh, should he see he posted a video on Twitter and it is fantastic. Like it's mm-hmm. majestic. I saw something on Instagram. He's got a really good punch out game. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. He probably does. He probably does. Um Yeah, I was gonna ask you I wanna do a little more golf questions, then we can get weird. Uh yeah, yeah I'm so ready. Pretty... I'm kinda ready to get weird. So let's just Yeah, go, you sound like you're already you're ready to get weird. Yeah. Um, a lot of golf talk. Well, Max Homa, he's a, he's our boy. He's everybody's boy. He's a good dude. He's been on the show. He just talked about how uh, a couple weeks ago or, or a week or so ago, he talked about how he sucked at chipping for so long. And he found this yeah. one guy, I think it's Johnny Ho, um, who, like, helped him chipping. And, and he basically said, like, that was the one thing that he needed. So yeah. my question is, like, of what you see out there, like, how many – like. I guess everybody out there is either you've already got it all or you're that one thing away. And if you, if you're that one thing away, like what do you think that is for most players and how do they, how do they find it? Is it the right coach? Is it the right? What is it? That's such a good question. I don't know if it's the same for everybody. Cause I mean, obviously at a smaller level, you know, I coach college golf and you see these guys that are, that are good players. A few of them have a chance to play beyond, um, you know, mini tour stuff, maybe every now and then you got a guy that can play on the PGA tour or at least have a chance to get there. Gosh, that's a really good question. I I think, I mean, some of it is self-belief. I mean, all these guys hit it really good. I I don't, I mean, they can tighten some things up a little bit, but a lot of it, it's like maturity as far as like making good decisions, how you're handling yourself off the golf course, you know, technique wise, yeah, there can be a little bit here and there with some different tweaks, but 
they're they're there for a reason they got there for a reason so it's it's just going to take a little bit of time and i mean i don't know i never got there so i would i'm still trying to figure that out i was mentally <laughs> unstable and my my short game kind of left me so i hit it really good hit 14 15 greens around but if you can't make putts inside of eight feet consistently you have zero chance of playing at a high level mm. a short game what about you what about you guys why are you guys not out there Mm. <laughs> there's a lot of reasons for that <laughs> yeah um, i'd love to yeah <laughs> i mean i got i got a yip issue um <laughs> i got Chip, chipping or putting or it's bowl. putting like i'm i'm using like a modified claw right now a modified <laughs> claw like grip, grip? yeah you have like kind of a high you have your 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 left hand really high and your and your your right hand low but very far apart from each other um but in a claw type a claw type way you got the, you got the claw foot grip <laughs> i should try that i'm gonna try that tomorrow <laughs> little combo yeah oh, geez, I, Pat. I, here, here, here's what i did today i had like some 30 footers that i missed by like seven feet but i made a couple comebackers so at least I shot two over for 13 holes. I, I played pretty good, and Ryan was like five or six under. So I hung. Yeah. I held my own. You know, I think I mean, David and I, if we played more, like like David plays more than I do, but um, we could we could I don't know. We could be decent. We have talent. I think. Yeah. Like like we we have we have some natural talent when it comes to golf. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. it's just yeah. it's just not all. You know, we just don't. We we got too much going on i think i have a good putting stroke i have a good putting stroke your putting I, I, stroke is good now you've I got a, you've you've got some issues with your swing i can't but. control the ball off the tee that's my problem i can't hit it i can't that'd hit it fair way yeah. that'd be easy to fix just a few lessons a couple days a week and you really yeah, apparently not apparently not brett it's it's not easy. apparently oh, i don't have anybody in augusta that knows how to fix that shit so i've been have, okay. messing oh john tillery is only probably an hour or two from you. I don't even know where. Yeah, he needs now, to answer our text <laughs> messages. Yeah, yeah. JT is an hour away. He's also coaching Ricky fucking Fowler and Kevin Kisner. He does not have time for me. Okay, I'm a head Are case. You, will, will you pay him? I bet you if you a hundred percent, I would pay him. I would pay him in a second. I would pay him in a second. JT yeah. kind of big time these days, isn't he? JT is a total big timer. He is. He's now I love him. Today. But he's Freaking such a love. he's such a fun you have, dude to hang out. Do you with. have any good JT stories? Do you have any good JT stories? No, you could... he didn't. No, he didn't do college. So here's JT. He went to class Monday through Thursday. Went to practice and went home every Friday uh, to hang out with his girlfriend, which is now his wife. That that's the Stop. JT story, right? That's Stop. just yeah. total no, bullshit. <laughs> that is no. the biggest bunch of bullshit yeah. I've ever heard. What? I I only went to college with him for a year, so this was him, you know, his freshman year. So things might have changed, but no, that's what he did. He drove his big truck around, and uh, he did a lot of video work of his golf swing on the range. <laughs> I'm all they're just hitting big sling hooks around, having. A- <laughs> All right, well, you know, one of the original stories he told us about you, and I need you to kind of, a, you know, expound upon this I story. I can't believe you remember this. Is using a fish as a ball marker. So oh, I need yeah. you. To, I need you. To, I need you to go through because because <laughs> JT told us this story, but that was from his his mouth. 
not yours. So I need to I need to oh. learn a little bit more about you playing golf with a fish, a live fish, or maybe it was dead. I don't know. As a ball marker. Yeah, that's a that's a hundred percent true. Honestly, I I had barely remember that until I I had listened to it. So. I, like I said earlier, I was a, you know, big fish in a small town up in Minnesota, down to Georgia. I was homesick. I had a girlfriend back home. Anytime I played bad, it was, I just want to go home. I'm miserable, yada, yada, yada. Not exactly the most mentally tough guy in the world. And I enjoy people laughing at me, attention, you know, every now and then. And so we're on, I don't know, we're on like whole 15 or 16 and, and J, but the thing is, JT would always egg me on. He would always try to get me because he was never doing anything weird. So um, we're walking out I'm like, all right, I'm like probably three or four overs, shooting my standard 76 and trying to squeak in as a five guy into the lineup, you know. And so we were walking down this par five, and I think he, I probably hit it on the green in three. And I'm like, all right, what can I do that's funny? So I grabbed this fish from this pond and it was you know it was still like i feel like it had just recently died because it was still pretty soft (laughs) so so you didn't like use like some special northern skills to like capture this fish like it was actually dead dead. (laughs) yeah i have no i have no fishing skills this is a dead fish that i just threw in my I'm, it may have been cargo pants. I would imagine I still wore cargo pants. Cargo pants. <laughs> oh man, cargo but, uh, golf yeah. pants. That's that's electric. Back in the day, I probably wore jeans when I played golf back in the day. So, um, but yeah, no, I threw it in my pocket and you know, straight face. I didn't. I tried not to crack a smile and mark the ball and. I'd like to think the story went that I marked it, you know, cleaned it, put it down, put the fish back in my pocket, and I drained my 15-footer for birdie. Odds <laughs> are I three-wiggled, but I think we should say the story that I that I made birdie. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, we need to stick yeah, with that that's, story. That's ridiculous. Okay. I've never, I've never so, heard anything like yeah. that. No, I mean, JT, he didn't do anything. He just – he thought I was crazy, this crazy – northerner you know this yankee that he'd always call me so he he didn't do anything yeah you and jt that's an interesting pairing i can't believe though that he he was that lame in college well i don't, I don't know what his few years were like i i mean he could have i know he was probably still pretty lame so. he only spent one year david i mean let's just let's just give it is a, is a one year do you, you know, do sample you, size when JT's out there with one of his boys and you're and you're at the same tournament, you guys hang out still, or what are you what are you doing? Yeah, he actually looks away. He doesn't want to make eye contact. He's being a <laughs> what? For these players. He, he pretends like he doesn't know me. It it hurts my feelings. The a little hell, bit, man. That's, that's, yeah, I know. No, I'm just no, I'm just like I saw him actually. So I I knew that he was teaching and coaching some guys out there. So I saw him. I think out at Liberty National um this last fall in the first round of playoffs and gave him a big hug i hadn't seen him in man at least 10 or 15 years i think honestly the last time i saw him is we saw each other at a national championship he was i think he maybe transferred to georgia college or something like that and i was up at st cloud state minnesota and i saw him there and we gave each other a big hug and actually i think we even had a beer after the round we snuck out of our hotel room and had a beer together after we had finished up our fourth round and 
Um, but no, I saw him. It was great. He, he was a good friend. I mean, it was only like one year, but I, we got to know each other really well. He just made fun of me all the time. And, you know, so no, he's, he's great. I love him. What, what does a college golf coach do? Oh man, it's a <laughs> lot. Oh gosh. <laughs> it's a lot of, it's a lot of recruiting. Um, it's a lot of phone calls and a lot of text messages and a lot of, you know, just making sure your kids are going to class and making sure they're not going out too much. And, you know, I don't want to call it babysitting because that's not true. There's a few guys on every team that you kind of got to do that for, but man, you're just hoping that they don't, it's, it's like raising like kids in high school and college of your own. You're just making sure they don't get into too much trouble. Yeah. That sounds terrible. No, I was just going to say, like, what do you think? Like, you're obviously a good player and everything, but, like, what has been, like, the most – the biggest adjustment, you know, being a caddy and things like that? Like, you know, where where were some mistakes made that you never thought you would make? And, like, you know, where were you nervous when you never thought you would be nervous? Like, what's what's that like? As a caddy? Yeah. Um, Well, there's just – it's different. I mean, as a college golf coach, you know, if your guys don't perform, it's all right. We got another tournament. It's not like they're all getting scholarship money. I'm getting paid. Like obviously your results matter, but it's not like, you know, you're going to miss the, you know, the playoffs or, or the FedEx Cup playoffs or whatever. So it's, I mean, I first tee, I was nervous all the time. I, I, but I would tell that to Ryan. I was like, I have to talk about it or else I'd be more nervous. I'd always be <laughs> dropping scorecards on the first tee, you know. Getting a, for, you know, the one thing actually I never did, I haven't forgotten any water bottles. Like, you know, you always got to keep your guy hydrated, keep your towel wet. Um, I, I've been pretty good about that. So, I honestly, I, I make plenty of mistakes out there. I, I just, I know there's every player has got different pet peeves that, you know, I played for a long time. There's just certain things that you just don't want to say to a guy. You don't want to give a player his putter when he doesn't know if he's actually on the green or off the green, which I'm sure I've done plenty of times. You know, at, at Riv, he hits a shot in the hole eight, his 17th hole, and the tough front right hole location, and there's a false front there. And, and I think it's a good shot, and I can't see. I'm kind of blind, too. And I didn't realize the ball was still moving and spinning off the green. I was like, hey, good shot. And he's like, yeah, yeah, wait a second. And it rolls like 40 yards <laughs> off the green. <laughs> He's like, just the next time, just wait till the ball stops. I'm like, I know, I'm sorry. Like, I can't believe I, I can't believe I did that. I'm an actual kind of a golfer, and I, I said something <laughs> stupid like that. But, you know, it just you learn. You, you always got to be a step ahead, and you're just trying to make things easier for, for your player. Like, that's the biggest thing is I, I would need to be a step ahead with yardages, with wind, with whatever. And you just – you want to make things easier for him. It's stressful being out there. I mean, you're playing for your job, your livelihood, you know, for everything. So, like, you just, you're just trying to make it a little bit better, a little bit more enjoyable, and try to ease the tension a little bit. You got any, yeah. you got any good stories for us, Brett? Like, I mean – you know, you, I know you've only been out there like eight months. Like any oh. good uh, caddy to caddy stories, caddy player, caddy fan stories. Um, you know, we always enjoy good, uh, you know, a good funny story. If you don't, no worries. Uh, no, that's that's fair. Uh, now, I don't have a ton of great like caddy caddy stories. I there's a story when I was at the Travelers, um, I nearly pooped my pants. Would you like to hear that story? <laughs> yeah, of course. Whoa. I mean. <laughs> yeah 
no, I, I, I don't know what happened. I ate something that day. I don't know what it was, but we started on hole one <laughs> and I can feel something rumbling and it's just, it's not good. And getting a little you sound sweaty. like Gino right now. I feel like this yeah. is something Gino would be talking about. This definitely would be a Gino story. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it's happened to him. He, I think, I, honestly, I think he has told me in the past that him and Joel, Joel's had to carry the bag like five or six times because Gino has had, he might have, I think he has had that. Um, I don't know what it was, but I got, I got to like hole three or four and I'm like, Ryan, I can't do anything. Like you're going to have to get the yardages. I'm going to carry the bag and let's, we got to go. And he's like, all right, sounds good. And we get the hole five or six and he's like, Hey, there's a, you know, there's a porta potty right there. I'm like, it's like 10 feet from the tee box. So I was like, there's no chance I'm going to use that. I mean, it's, there's some fans there. There's other players. I'm like, this is not going to come out super well. So we, we get to the fairway on hole seven and I'm like, I, I can't, I'm like, here we get there, hits the six, another six iron, like 20 feet, pretty typical. And I hand in his hand in his putter. He sees some porta potties up by the tee box. I'm like, I gotta go. I run, put the, put the bag down up, at the tee box, run to the porta potty. There's nobody around, you know. It's like, okay, I don't like going to the bathroom in public. I don't know if a lot of people, you know, I don't think anybody does. No. no. Uh, and I, I sit down. It's you know, 90 degrees. It's probably 120 degrees inside Ugh. of the porta. And and I'm like, oh, finally a little peace and quiet. And as I'm, you know, sitting down, somebody, there's 20 porta potties there. Someone decides to sit down right next to me. I mean, what are the odds of that? Yeah, and, that sucks. You know, I'm, I don't drop a yardage book in there. I, you know, pencils are good. I'm fine. So we we're good. We go and get to the next tee box and he had two putted for par and we we're all set. We were good to go. So yeah. that was, I dodged a bullet there. Uh, that's a pretty, I, I would bet if you talk to every caddy out there, that's happened to them at least a few times. Oh, that would just suck. That'd be the worst. I'm glad, yeah. I, you know, hopefully Ryan's understanding, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I can see, I, I could see a player being kind of a, kind of a prick about that yeah no he he kind of just laughed at me which is great which is you know <laughs> it probably loosened him up a little bit more so um no he's he's so understanding <laughs> he's one of the best guys out there so uh no i i don't have like great stories because i've only been out there for a short period of yeah. time and um you know I, i'm not playing a bunch of golf with guys out there i'm not you know going out and doing weird things i do have a story of uh, a couple stories of friends of mine that have caddied for me when I was, you know, trying to play like mini tour stuff in Q school. If you'd like okay. to do those. Yeah. Give me, Maybe. give me one, give me one good one on that. Okay. So, um, friend of mine, we go to first stage Dayton Valley. I think it's near Carson city. And, um, we come back and we always, anytime, like I got through a couple of times, every, anytime we got through, we'd stop in Vegas and hang out and, um, we got, got there one night and, um, you know, we were pretty tame, nothing too crazy, but we go on the strip, have a, a jungle juices, which, you know, it's like a 12% alcohol thing. And, you know, we slam one of those, like a 20 ounce of those. And, and so we're feeling pretty good hanging out and we're just walking around and now there's like this outside karaoke bar. And so me and my buddy, um, yeah, it's very strange. Mm. And so we very intrigued. We stopped there and we start hanging out and whatever. And there's this, this black guy that we hung out with and, and he just, we decide to wrap back that ass up. And so we, we went to that for a few minutes and we did our thing. We did that. And, 
you know, um, leave that, leave the karaoke bar and we go, um, to, we just go play a little blackjack and we, I don't want to sound like stereotypical or whatever, but we meet this Asian guy and we play blackjack with this Asian guy for like three hours and <laughs> end up going to like some Irish bar after that and, um, singing and dancing and doing our thing with him. And, uh, you know, there's in my buddies meeting you know some cougars and whatever else and so um yeah that's, that was that was my one of my first experiences with vegas was i I'm, just karaoke and, and a little bit of blackjack nice. i think i know that irish bar by the way what's your uh what's your go-to and so you live in vegas now you've lived in vegas for like what six months now what's your what's your game what do you what do you like to play i have okay so i've <laughs> I have not played any blackjack. I have not done anything except I've snuck some, um, just some like, you know, slot, some like poker at the gas station. <laughs> what? What is wrong with I you? Know. Why? Well, I have, I have had some gambling issues in the past. So, okay. <laughs> um, I want to secure my marriage. I want to make sure that nothing weird happens. Good so for you. I used to Good play. I used to play a lot of online poker. I played a lot, a lot of online yeah. poker back. In, um, you know, the swings of winning a thousand dollars and two thousand dollars and losing a thousand dollars and two thousand dollars and yeah, um, yeah. So I've done, I've done that, and it is very fun. I just, I've, I haven't, I haven't done it since I moved here. I just yeah. need some friends to come out and with me. Maybe you guys should come hang out. Dude, I was just there like. Two, literally two weeks ago i would have loved to um i yeah i've only been to vegas twice it's it's amazing i did the i did the online poker thing too i didn't i didn't do it probably to the extent that you're talking about but i was a big absolute poker guy i was playing that a lot um but yeah i mean obviously that's a part of what we do have you have you i mean that's kind of a good lead-in then to like I, i'm sure you you probably haven't but have you heard anybody talk about maybe it's you and Ryan, maybe it's other caddies. Maybe you haven't heard it at all. If you have, we can just edit this, but have you heard any talk about gambling coming like now being legalized and like being a part of the everyday PGA tour, you know, whether it's TV production or online production or whatever, have you heard of, have you heard or thought about or heard other players talk about how that's going to impact things going forward? Honestly, I have not, I haven't heard anything about, I mean, the only thing I've heard, you know, that some players have talked about is this new premier golf league that yeah. might happen, you know, I, but yeah. outside of that, I've not heard of like the gambling stuff. No. What have you heard about no. the premier golf league? What have, what have you heard them say? Anything juicy or no? Not, not like anything crazy. I mean, basically the only thing I've heard is they've got to get Tiger or Phil or yeah. Rory to do it. And it might, you know, then it has a chance to take off. But if they don't get one of the big guys, it's not going to really work. Do you, so when you're like, you're off week right now, are you watching golf when you're off? Um, I'll follow, I'll follow leaderboard. I'll watch a little bit this weekend. Um, yeah. cause I still love golf. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not a great player. Um, I still enjoy being around it, but yeah, no, I'll watch it for sure. And, and see some guys that I know or some caddies that I'm friends with and, and see how they're doing and cheer for them a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, I'm still kind of a, I'm still kind of a golf junkie. Man, I love it. What do you? What's your take on like golf coverage? That's a that's a hot a hot take right now. Uh, like everybody's you know upset about we need how we need 
more players. We need different stuff. I mean, yeah. the, how cool is it going to be? Are you guys going to be at Sawgrass? Yeah, we are. Yes. I mean, I, I've just read some stuff. I don't know. You guys, I'm sure, know more than I do. But there's gonna have, they're going to have like 300-plus cameras out there, and you can yeah. um, kind of pick who you want to follow. I think, I think that will be the next big thing. It, it should be. I mean, there's just – there's guys that don't get a ton of coverage. And I mean, obviously there's these, the great players should get a lot of coverage and they're exciting to watch and they, they move the needle. But I mean, there's thousands of fans that want to watch certain players. And I think you should have the option to do that. So I, I think that will be pretty neat for the fan experience. You can watch whoever you want to watch. And I, I feel like over the next few years, that will have a pretty big impact, you know, on, on coverage over the next couple of years. Yeah. Does, have you ever had, like, does the tour, how, how involved does the PGA tour get with you guys as caddies? Like, do they, do they dictate you much off the course? No, I have not experienced anything. Um, but like I said, I'm pretty new out there. I, if you talk to a guy that's been out there yeah. 15 to 20 years, I mean, they probably have maybe a little different view of that, but no, I haven't. I mean, basically the, what I know is, I can't gamble on golf and yeah. which I don't. Um, but yeah, I have not really talked to any one really affiliated with the PGA tour other than, you know, getting my credentials for tournaments and making sure I'm not wearing cut off jean shorts and a tank top, which is unfortunate. <laughs> Cause I think you guys would love that. <laughs> love it, man. Um, this is great stuff. We appreciate it, Brett. You were, uh, you were, you were fantastic. We, we uh we hope you we hope you you and Ryan Moore have an incredible year um out on the tour and you uh you know you keep slaying it man you just keep slaying it you're do you have any questions of us do you is there anything that that you know your heart just has to know before you call it a night or are we good oh man i just i feel like i don't know you guys <laughs> that well i feel like i've i've shared a few things and i just yeah, you've i don't been vulnerable. know you I'm a relational guy. I, I really, I thrive on relationships. I, I hug people quite a bit. I tell them I love them. Oh, that's um, great. I just, I, I'd like to hug you when I see you. I'm not sure if we can make that happen. Maybe. <laughs> okay. You talked about, tell us about your, your, um, your, your other personalities, your alter egos. What, what, what did you say before we started recording? You had your alter <laughs> egos. Oh yeah. No. So Brett is, is just kind of your normal guy. Uh, works yeah. a nine to five. Um, you know, Good for him. Gonna have a beer, grilling a grilling a cheeseburger, maybe a steak. Yeah. Um, Bert, Bert is Bert. Um, friends with everybody. He really is. He's okay. kind of the life of the party. Has a few beers. Um, really enjoys life. Uh, smiles a lot. Gives a lot of Good hugs. for Bert. Gets a little touchy. Gets a little touch of feely, but no one's too worried about him. Now, now Brent, he's <laughs> okay. a real wild card. Brent has not. He hasn't been around in a while. Um, he's, he came out a little bit in Japan. We had some, you know, some weather delays. It was Typhoon <laughs> Tuesday that we enjoyed out there. Um, we heard a little bit Tuesday. of the story. You know, uh, we had, you know, 15 beers apiece. And, um, you know, we were okay. stuck in the hotel. That's all we could do. So, no, he's, you just never know with him. He hasn't been out in a while. He shouldn't be out. Okay you're you're it needs to be like if if they have to throw the jc in there it needs to be like jc brent you know what i mean or 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 even like jc sweat 
you know, S W E D. Yeah, that's half of my last. That would you got to do something because it's not it's not simple enough. You know what I mean? It's hurting. (laughs) Yeah, making millions off of this, and I'm making. You could nickel. Yeah. Okay. Goodness, what happened? What happened in Japan? Yeah, because I know I know we heard a story about some some lady telling Gino that he was ugly, and then she looked at you and said he needed to look more like you. I know that happened. Um, no, what that's, else happened? That's a very no. Huh? So the thing was, just short of it, really. Like I was sitting next to this, this younger Asian lady, and and Gino, he had a hat off and doesn't have a lot of hair, and he kind of like unzipped his pullover, and I was like, ooh, I was like sexy, and she goes, oh no, I'm not sexy, and <laughs> and I was, oh really? And so and I was like, what about me? Oh yeah, very sexy, <laughs> and so. I mean, somebody tells you that how are you not going to play that up a little bit so i went around the room i pointed at um uh, troy shit. i pointed at derek i pointed at ron and so like they, i was like no so i had i had her rate everybody and i was number one which was really flattering um and G, so there i i think there was like nine people in the room and she goes there was nine people there and she goes oh gino 11 <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, that poor, was, and, poor it, Gina. It, there's nothing we could do. I mean, me and um, Ryan swing coach, Troy, we got stuck at the mall. We walked to the mall <laughs> to, you know, eat at the food court, but it rained like 10 inches. We got stuck there as I think, you know, I think tiger and uh, I don't know who else got an escort back to the hotel. We walked through the rain and, <laughs> and everything. And we just, we sat around, there was a ton of buffets that we ate. Um, moderate food mediocre food we drank a lot of beers and we hung out we played a new uh, a, a game called monopoly deal we played a lot of that oh. which is it's okay. just if you play monopoly deal just make sure the guy that's in charge doesn't make up rules that's the big thing i'll mm. tell you okay yeah that's good to know so, yeah type we had typhoon tuesday and typhoon friday that's what we had over there yikes yikes yeah. um that sounds amazing. Uh, that poor Gino. You know what though? But somehow he pulled Holly, which is insane. Um, I know. I, I've not. I've only seen uh, a picture of Holly. I don't know. I haven't met her, but I would imagine that she's a little bit better looking. Yeah, she's beautiful. She's fantastic. Gino's lucky guy. Um. All right. We need to. We need to work on this um, promo code, Brett. We're gonna change that. But for now. The promo code okay. is what again? Because I can't remember shit on Joint Caddy. If you need some CBD yep. help, yes, get in there. Um, J C Sweaty, J C S W E D D Y. Okay, get in there. That gets, roll on, that gets roll you twenty percent off. Yeah, roll on joint joint stuff. You can you can take it. Um, droppers help you with some sleep. Help you with some anxiety. It works. Yeah. I was actually kind of skeptical. It actually works. Fleener and Gino are going to be pissed at us for letting you uh, really pump this up. So, um, we'll right. see. I'm just here slanging some CBD. No big deal. Sl- slanging some CBD. Um, Swedberg, we appreciate <laughs> it, man. We, we've taken up enough of your time. This has been fantastic. We'd love to have you on again. Um, I think we could have a great time. So, we appreciate it, man. I hope you and Ryan have a fantastic season, especially – getting geared up here for this fall swing. You got Bay Hill coming up, Sawgrass. Uh, It's going to be a good time. Thanks, man, for your time.
Thank you. I appreciate it. Let's, we got to meet in person. Uh, we can do a group hug. We can do it individually, whatever you guys prefer. I'm, I'm pretty much into anything. <laughs> You're into anything, huh? Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll definitely group hug it. No, I don't know. We'll, we'll play it out. We'll, we'll see how it feels in the moment. You know what I mean? I think honestly, once we make eye contact, we'll know what's right and we'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> 